0: I be- beat- Screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets gay. This is episode 187, and tonight, the crapshoot returns, and it's setting its sights on a new video-on-demand movie called WTF. And also, I'm taking a look at the truly bizarre feature currently streaming on Amazon Prime, The Evil Within, and I think it's going to blow your mind. So for those of you who are new to this show, please allow me to introduce myself. My name is Patrick Walsh, and for the next hour, hour and 15 minutes or so, I am going to be your guide to the weird and wonderful world of horror movies, but as seen through my very, 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 very gay little eyes. And since we're here, let's just get Smoochy Watch out of the way. Bum, bum, Smoochy Watch, oh yeah, yeah. What's going on with that cat? rare? okay. I don't know what's going on with this cat. Her health problems continue to baffle me. She has not pooped since Tuesday. It's currently Sunday. She's on prescription laxatives, but they're not working. But she's peeing, so I don't know what to do anymore. I have a note in with the vet. And... I don't know, this cat is exhausting, but she's sitting here with me right now because Prozac has made her super, super mellow. And now she loves podcasting and she uh, she hasn't hissed or bitten me in weeks. So that's something. And I think I say it's just nice to have a cat that's in a much better mood 99% of the time instead of the angry, unhappy lady she was for a very long time. Even if it is a sort of Valley of the Dolls kind of a situation. This is Smoochy. She took the purple pills. Gotta get off, gotta get, gotta get off of this train. Isn't that nice? What else is going on? I do want to let you know, though, that I am aware that the sound quality for this episode is a little spotty, and I'm going to tell you why. Because you know how Bradford has been working on my computer, getting everything fixed and getting everything back to how it's supposed to be. Well, it's taking longer than we would like. All the pieces are in place, all the software has been purchased, and it's all been installed. But Bradford is an IT specialist, and he is a perfectionist, so this is taking longer than I would think have hoped but any day now i'll be back on my old computer using my fancy fancy microphone and hey remember how i bought that shitty kind of headset mic to work on this shitty laptop with yeah smoochie sat on it yeah and she broke off the little mouthpiece piece so i bought the exact same shitty headset recording device And this one has a crazy hum on it. And even though I'm running it through the noise reducer, it's still there. So we're all just going to put up with this for a little while longer. And if bad sound is one of those things that drive you crazy, I'm apologizing. But I'm doing everything I can at this point. And if you don't like it, well, I can't help you at this point. See you later. Goodbye. No, please don't leave. Please don't leave. I love you. One more apology. Apologize for some somewhat shitty episode that happened for the Gay Bride episode. Not so much the interview, but what was around it. But like I said, these allergies and migraines lately have been ridiculous. But today is a good day, and it's just you, and it's just me. So let's make our quality alone time together something extra special by talking about Bradford. Because, as I said last time, I got to see the Little Foxes on Broadway, and they're doing that... Well, they did that. It's closed now. They did that thing where they would switch the casting every show that Laura Laura Linney and Cynthia Nixon would switch roles from show to show. And I saw it with Cynthia Nixon in the big lead evil queen bitch role and Laura Linney in the teeny tiny whimpery mousy role of Birdie. And – I wanted to see it the other way, and also after I saw it, I said, I gotta take Mr. Bradford to this, because this is high southern gothic drama, and I was right, I was right. He turned to me at the end of act one, and he said to me, you didn't tell me that this was gonna be a biography of my family. Money well spent, and Laura Lenny was fucking amazing as the evil bitch queen Cynthia Nixon was great, but man, this casting was so much better the other way. There is a moment, if you don't know the show, I mean, it's this whole th- power struggle within this family, the awful side of the family, and the not-so-awful side of the family, and Richard Thomas is representing the not-so-awful side of the family. He's married to Laura Linney, but he's got health problems, and the, the, everything comes to a head when in the midst of this argument where uh, the whole plot is hinging, his heart starts to give out, and he spills his medicine, and he's like, Regina! Go get me the other bottle of medicine! And she instead sits there and watches him die. Cynthia Nixon did it well. Laura Lenny did it better. Cynthia Nixon just looked at him and just kind of, you know, gave him this icy stare to let him know that, hey, Richard Thomas, you're going to die, John Boy. Whereas... Laura Linney took the drama queen approach and she splayed herself across that gigantic chaise lounge and she crossed her legs and spread out and she just posed and said I'm ready for the show and watched him dine. It was fucking fabulous. But the Little Foxes is closed now and that's too bad and everything like that. Hey, I got cast in something which is exciting. Remember uh, last month I got to do this concert that they do at Below 54 which is a a, um, nightclub cabaret Attached to Studio 54, and this company does these shows that are concert versions of Lesser Done musicals. Well, after my, my brilliant performance last time, they asked me to do another one, but in an actual part this time. So I'm gonna be doing in August a concert version of the musical The Fix. And this is doubly exciting because the music for The Fix was written by Dana P. Rowe. My old friend Dana P. Rowe, who you'll remember from the Zombie Prom episode, way, 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 way back—I don't even know what episode it is anymore—but he's been on the show, and he was so excited that they cast me. And he's like, "I can't believe you're gonna be on my show!" I said, "I can't believe I'm gonna be in your show." And I've always wanted to see the show, and it's gonna be great. And I'm going to play some of the music because normally I'm not playing music anymore because I don't want to get in trouble. But since I'm using it to promote a show that I am in, bring them on, bitches. Bring them on. But I'm not going to do that right now because it's also podcast award seasons, And as of, as of July 1st, the nominations are open and I am up for nomination now the rules are a bit different this year now you would head on over to www.podcastawards, and you have the whole month of july to do this and you vote for all the shows that you love in the categories that you want them to be nominated in and of course i'm asking you to nominate scream queens in the category of lgbtq podcast. they finally got the uh... the acronym Right. Of course, they didn't use the whole acronym because, you know, forgot we'd be here all day, but that's neither here nor there. You can add your votes as time goes on. In the past, you had to do everything one and done. You know, you only get one shot and I'm not giving up my shot or whatever the hell that Hamilton thing is. What are you talking about? But... You have all of the month of July to vote for all of your favorite shows or nominate them, I should say. And if I get the nomination and I make the top ten, then the voting whoring will begin. But this is just the preliminary voting whoring thing that I'm doing. Now, did I mention that it's hot in here? It's hot in here. But we're going to press through because I'm taking off my clothes. That's not even how the song goes. What's happening? holy shit, I don't talk for an episode and now I'm just like, blah, 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 blah. it's been like one run-on sentence for this whole time and I've been talking. My goodness gracious God, it's me. Ooh. I'm trying to think what else has been going on here, but as you know from last time, Smoochie's last vet visit wiped me out financially, which is why I, I'm not taking her back to the vet for this non-pooping incident. I'm trying to find over-the-counter ways to... To it. So I've been pretty much keeping to myself, watching tons of stuff on Amazon Prime and Shutter. And my goodness, there's a lot of shitty shit out there, and a lot of it is just not even worth talking about. And, And if you're following on Facebook, you know everything that I've been watching. And if you're on the Patreon feed, you know all the stuff that I've been seeing in the theater. And if you're not, well, I can't help you, except that in the future, now that some of the stuff that I've covered on The patreon feed since it's you know not new releases anymore and things are popping up on video i'll start releasing those segments on the show here as well so you will finally reap some of the benefits and see some of what you've been missing and if you don't want to miss out head on over to patreon.com slash scream queens and become a subscriber and be in with all the other cool kids who are there Something that I promised to talk about a while ago, and I promised to talk about it for the Gay Pride episode, but I was just not up for it, was I finally got to see Come Back to the Five and Dime, Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean. And no, this is not horror directly related, but it is LGBT related. Uh, It's a movie, I think it's from 1981, with this incredible all-star and Academy Award winning cast and directed by Robert Altman. And it's based on a play, and it's one of those movies that is so closely adapted to the play that it always feels like a play. never feels like a movie, but that's neither here nor there. But it's the story of these women who are reuniting at a, at a, at a five-and-dime in the middle of nowhere in a dying town in Texas. And back in the 50s, they were all in the Jimmy Dean fan club. And now they said they were all going to get together 25 years later after his death, and they are, except there's somebody new there. Because back in the day, it was all these women in the club and one young little boy. Not little boy. Teenage boy. boy who didn't quite fit in with the other boys in town. A boy who was a little bit more sensitive and was more comfortable hanging out with the women than he was with the men. But now somebody new has arrived. Karen Black all of a sudden shows up. This this glamorous Karen Black, and they're like, my goodness, who is this strange woman who seems to know all of us? Well, it turns out that that woman... He used to be that shy boy back in the 50s. He has undergone gender reassignment surgery and has come back as a woman to the uh, town that almost killed him. And this is relevant to the horror community because playing that young boy – well, the teenage boy, I should say. The young man, whatever, whatever. I'm not going to get into semantics right now. Playing that boy is Mark Patton. Yes, Mark Patton from Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. And he gives a fantastic performance. It's a small role, but it is a pivotal role. And to watch him and to understand that, oh my God, that's Mark Patton from Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. Before Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. And he is up there lip syncing in a line. With Academy Award winner Cher, Academy Award winning can Black, Academy Award winning Kathy Bates, and, and, and all these other people in a movie directed by fucking Robert Altman. And you go, wow, what a career trajectory he was on. What happened? Oh, that's right. He was gay in Hollywood in the 80s. That's what happened. Oh, and also that he was HIV positive and gay in Hollywood in the 80s. So it's an extra layer of pathos and poignancy to a movie that's actually pretty fabulous as it is because uh, dealing with this whole trans concept in a movie or in a play that's so old and yet is so current. It was so ahead of its time dealing with this issue in such a sensitive way and maybe they get some of the political stuff wrong, you know, let me use wrong terminologies, whatever. But the fact that it was out there and it was widely accepted and a critical success and a box office success is really telling. Well, what happened to Mark is tragic. That that you know, he, which a lot of which is going to be coming out in his his documentary, uh, Scream Queen. I'm happy to see that he's still here and he's still doing stuff and he's still and he's getting more active and making movies again and has become this leader of the gay community again and 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 of the HIV community and the horror community and truly, truly, truly. Deserving of the title Scream Queen. And he's already given himself a tiara, and I'm gonna let him have it. You've earned it. Since my cat and current lack of work has been keeping me on the poor side and can't afford things like Fighter the 13th video games or a new game system, or anything like that, I have to deal with free shit. So I was on the Boys, Bears, and Scares blog. You know, Dan, Dan, who was on the Looker episode, he hosts that blog, and he was talking about a free game that's out now called Let's Meet Adam, and that's M-E-A-T, and it's a gay video game, and it's about guys, a bunch of gay men, being stalked by a slasher in a goat head outfit, at one of those escape the room things. And I said, this sounds fantastic. This game is fucking garbage, Dan. He didn't review it. He just notified me of his existence. And, and, and I, I'm thankful for that, but I got through about 20 minutes of it and I said, I'm done, because it's not even a game. All you do is just keep clicking through conversations. There's no choices to make. There's nothing to do. The dialogue's awful. And it was just miserable. And this is what I have to deal with. Because I can't keep up with all of my peers out there who are getting their kicks playing as Jason or trying to survive Camp Crystal Lake or that other game after dawn or before dawn or until dawn or whatever the fuck it is. I don't know because I can't afford it because I still have a regular Xbox and even that's broken. God damn it. God damn this cat. Because that was going to be my PS4 fund. But no. I have a smoochie, and, 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 you know, I suppose in the long run, it's cooler to have a healthy cat than it is to be, you know, hanging out with your peers doing really cool things in the video game world, but that's fine. I'll just hang out with these shitty guys at their shitty escape room with their shitty dialogue, and it was just terrible. This game was terrible. Do not play this game. I'm sure you'll probably go and check it out anyway. By all means, please do. But don't come crying to me when you find out that it's not even a game. There's no game. If you're going to call it a game, how there be a game? There's nothing to play. Click, 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 I keep thinking the game's going to start any time now, right? Click, 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 click. It's an escape room, right? I'll have to kind of figure out the escape room with them. Click, 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 click. Nope, nothing, nothing. Fuck that. Let's fuck at him. No, let's not. He'd probably enjoy it. If you're in the New York area, you might want to look up FlameCon. FlameCon is coming up in August. I think it's August 19th and 20th. And FlameCon is like Comic-Con, but for gay stuff. So it's all gay fantasy and gay sci-fi and gay horror. And I got to go to the first one, and I didn't get to go last year, but I'm going to be going again this year. So if you're in the New York area, please come to FlameCon and let's hang out. Let's do stuff. I I am always a little leery of going because I am not the fantasy and sci-fi and anime and comic book person and that ninety nine percent of the other people are there, but you know, they're there, horror geeks are there too, and I'm gonna be there representing. And I'm not gonna have a booth or anything, not this year. I, I I'm still a bit shy about this sort of thing. Yeah. Really, after seven years, Patrick, you're still shy about this sort of thing. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Really, you we're just an entertainment weekly. I'm sorry. It's weird. It's hard. I, 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 I don't know. I, 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 I did. see. This is why I need a support team. This is why I need people helping me out. You know, pushing me a bit more, which you guys do. But you know, I, I, I just, you know, you know, when it's just me, it just, it gets a little overwhelming. And did I just mention that it was seven years? Yeah. <laughs> Because it's July, folks, which means it's the Scream Queens anniversary month. Yahoo! Can you believe we've been doing this bullshit for this long? Oh my god, twice a month, every month, pretty much. Ah, Okay, some occasional breaks here and there. But hey, we've been doing this for a really long time, and I'm still having fun. And I hope you are too. And since I can't really think of anything else I want to get into at this time... I think it's time to start the show, so... So I'm going to play for you that selection from the musical The Fix. It's the opening number. It's called One, Two, Three, and it's sung by John Barrowman, you know, from Doctor Who, and from Torchwood, an international gay icon. And also he delivered the famous line,
1: What do you say I take you home and eat your pussy?
0: And in the scene, it's a political show... It's about this kind of like Kennedy like family, and the political leader of this family has just suddenly passed away, and now they don't have anybody to run for president, and they decide to run their idiot son. Played by Mr. John Barryman, who instead of being at his father's funeral downstairs, is upstairs in his bedroom playing with himself on his guitar. Enjoy! There's a reception going on downstairs. Sit
1: back and watch the fun begin. Come one, come all to the mourner's ball. It costs you seven. I'm so sorry to get in. Above the party games, you hear them speak of how the future's at the door. They're hot to win to give the bottle a spin, but it's just me. Cause desperate times call for desperate measures Desperate times, Cal Desperate times
2: pampers, bitch asses! It's time for the crapshoot! shoot. <laughs> Pull! Pull!
1: Pull! Oh! Ew, 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 ew! Oh. Oh.
0: Now, for those of you who are new to the show, the crapshoot is the portion of the program where I dive headfirst into that vast sea of direct-to-video horror movie releases in search of that elusive diamond in the shit pile. Did I find it this week? Only time will tell. I'm breaking my rules a little bit. Normally, it's something that I pick at random, something that just keeps popping up on my Netflix or Amazon or Shutterfeed, something that I haven't heard of, and something that I'm going to take a chance on. This is a little bit different because I got a screener, uh, this brand-new movie that's just about to hit video on demand, and it's called WTF. Let's take a listen to the trailer, shall we? Oh, yes, we shall. Going through what she's gone through, what does that do to a person? Some crazy
1: guy killed a bunch of her friends, and she's the only one who survived.
0: Popping back and forth, popping, popping back and forth, 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 popping popping back and forth, popping back and forth, popping popping back and forth.
2: can't believe we're about to graduate. This is our
1: last spring break together. We should definitely do something fun. I got
0: it! Two words
2: The woods. Just picture it, right? Back in a secluded cabin, way far in the woods, nearest neighbor's like a mile away. Oh, best part about it,
3: it's got no working smoke alarms. I'm oh, too scared. Creepy cabin in the woods <laughs> all by itself. I need
1: to
2: conquer my fear. I think that this would be a good first step. You folks ought to take heed. I wouldn't go in there if I were you everything that happened that night
4: we drove
1: into the middle of nowhere and that's where it all started who's there
0: is someone there die oh my God. Oh my God. he's dead, he's dead. Oh no. we supposed to trust you
1: you can't
2: even get your story straight what were you doing in there
1: I was trying to protect oh. us ah.
2: Stop. Stop.
0: Why aren't you starting? The old man is gone! I'm
2: going to find them, and I'm going to bring them back. I'm going to get us all out of here.
0: I said psycho killer! What don't you understand? No! So WTF is the story of our main girl named Rachel. Now Rachel, she's a college senior, she's about to graduate, and it's her last spring break, and her and her friends decide to do it in style by going to a friend's cabin, well, a friend's uncle's cabin, out in the middle of nowhere. What could possibly go wrong? Now what Rachel's friends don't seem to know for some reason is that three years ago, Rachel was the sole survivor of a massacre. Yep, yeah, pretty much history is repeating itself. Because her and her friends went out to some cabin in the middle of nowhere. And everybody died. And it's about to happen. Again. So I was impressed. With WTF initially. Because there are boobs. Three seconds into the movie. Which I think is a record. I said, okay, you have got my attention. Unfortunately, <laughs> Things go downhill from here kind of quickly because this is another slasher movie where all of the characters are obnoxious. You know nothing about them except that they are all extraordinary douchebags. And while the film is well made, it looks good, and the cast is good, the cast is not given much to do except be obnoxious, and since it takes a very long time for the killing to start this makes things extremely slow you're spending a lot of time with these people and all they're doing is smoking dope and drinking beer and being hideous to each other I don't care about you. Why are we spending this much time with these people that are horrible? There are odd choices in the movie. For instance, on their way to the cabin, there's a scene that could be completely cut where they stop at a motel for the night and they pick up two of the guys pick up some hookers and have sex. Hookers for twenty dollars. And this entire scene could go. It just bogs everything down. It has no reason to be here, and that's a problem with a lot of the movie. There's a lot of stuff that just doesn't need to be here. And I'm thinking, okay, I could stick with this because I can see the cast is doing a good job with what they have. Maybe when the killing starts, things will get better and unfortunately, it doesn't. Uh, The kills are not particularly original. They're not surprising. Their gore is nothing to write home about and there's a weird lack of suspense to everything. There's not even any well-executed jump scares. The, the, The score is very unobtrusive, so you're not getting that kind of suspense building from the music and and, and just the killer will just pop up with no ceremony kill somebody, you know, unoriginally and then leave, and I I don't care about the characters, and I wasn't shocked by the kill and I'm not saying, WTF that was crazy, I'm saying, WTF how are you fucking this up? I got a very early warning bell that things may not be going well here, because there's a cameo from Perez Hilton, who, as we all know, was terrible in Most Likely to Die, and somehow he's playing a college senior here? No. No, no, no. Not in this decade, baby. No, no, no. But fortunately, he's not in the movie long, so when, you know, he gets left behind, I was quite happy, but unfortunately, the rest of the cast, the characters, I should say, are not much better. The girls fare a little bit better. Her friends Bonnie and Lisa they're rich bitches, but there's a bit more depth to them, and the, the actors do well with them and make them a bit more likable than the guys who are just interchangeable assholes who are detestable. I don't want to spend time with these people, and if that's the case, you should at least make their deaths make me feel better about spending time with them, but it didn't. It's another movie that predicates everybody behaving in the worst way possible. I mean like the dumbest – way possible, like terrible decisions are made over and over and over and over and over again for no reason other than to just you know, put characters in dangerous situations, granted that is a a staple of horror movies, but here it's just, (laughs) it's 2017 for Christ's sake, you can do better than this, WTF okay, now I am going to head slightly into uh, spoiler territory here, because long before anything even happened I figured out who the killer was And I live tweeted it. I said on Facebook, I said, "Ah, I'm ten minutes in and I'm pretty sure I know what's going to happen with the killer. And I was right. I was right on two levels. And here's the thing. This is an old playwriting storytelling trick. And you see it in movies every now and then. When there's a character who in group situations only one character – talks to when nobody else seems to acknowledge their existence that character probably isn't really there they're either a ghost or a hallucination and that's what's going on here and it's an old 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 cheap joke and if it's supposed to be shocking it's not people have been playing this game in movies and books and things forever and it's 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 embarrassing and and <laughs> What's odd if you have a character like Rachel, who was a survivor of a massacre three years ago, why doesn't any, why don't any of her friends know about it? One of them even says, God, we've known her forever. We had no idea. Why? Why don't you know? And why doesn't this character seem, not seem to be showing any kind of psychological trauma aside from, ooh, I don't want to go away from the weekend. No, 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 no. This kind of thing would leave major, major damage. And I'm not buying your core concept right from the beginning. And then when you la- layer it with obnoxious characters and unoriginal deaths and an incredibly slow pace, ugh. WTF, unfortunately, is a waste of time. Here's another thing. Something featured in this is an aquarium. They go to this guy's uncle's house. The uncle is either dead or missing, depending on what, whose story you're listening to. There's an aquarium. And somebody's like, well, hey, who, if your uncle's dead and or missing, well, who's taking care of the fish? And they spent a long time in this aquarium going, "Uh uh-huh, something's going to happen with the aquarium. I bet someone's head's going to wind up in the aquarium. That old joke. And nothing happens with the aquarium. Why did you spend five minutes talking about aquarium? That adds nothing to the story that at least somebody's head could have wound up in. But no, 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 no. WTF, WTF. That's right. I'm saying WTF to WTF. The movie right here. No, I know you're all dying to know. What about the gay stuff? Is there any fun gay stuff? Are there any hot boys? Is there any nudity? Yeah, the boys are fine. If you, if you like, you know, hairless college-age guys, that's cool if that's your thing. There's a little bit of side testicle, which is a f- tough thing to pull off, but they managed to pull off some side testicle. However, the gay stuff that's there, I am not approving of. Early on at Perez Hilton's party, when the character Bonnie shows up, Bonnie's super hot, she's like a Paris Hilton type clone, but with more personality, I give the actress that, but somebody yells at her, oh my god, I want to be transgender and look like you! Ew? Ew? And that's something that was completely ADR, you know, dubbed over, so that was a line that was added later, and I just went, ew! Ew, and the boys, of course, are, you know, any top talk of gay stuff is in the homophobic area, and I guess that's to be expected when you're dealing with college douchebags who have no other good qualities. Why would you bother to make them accepting to the the LGBT lifestyle? But they're not, and I just hated everybody so much. I them to die. I don't care about your side testicle. <sighs> Go full testicle if you want to get my attention, but no, no. <laughs> and somehow leave out the penis. What? I don't know what's happening. Oh, golly gee whiz. And <sighs> this The story is being told in um, a flashback because it's starting with Rachel talking to the police about the whole thing and she's describing the events of the weekend and yet somehow she has knowledge of conversations that she wasn't there for and events that she wasn't there for. And I was saying, okay, so either this is a bullshit script or we have an unreliable narrator. And the answer is both. If you want to see a movie that tackles this exact situation, the survivor of a massacre, and the aftermath of what life is like for her, please check out Last Girl Standing. It's streaming on Shudder right now. I cannot recommend it more. It's smart, it's scary, it's stylish, and it is emotionally devastating. And it accomplishes what WTF failed to do on pretty much every level. And... Um, yeah, so, so watch that instead. Don't watch the bad movie. Go watch the good movie. And I'm going to cover that on the show fairly soon, I think. Possibly in September. I don't know what I'm doing anymore with this. <laughs> it's, scheduling gets very confusing here. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But I'll get to it eventually, trust me. Because this is not a movie you need to be wasting your time with. There's a million other movies out there, so just say F off. WTF. I'm not good with the with the with the with the with the Twitter speak, so I can't come up with fun little YOLO type things to say to say FU to WTF. Well I guess I just did it. FU to numeral two WTF. <laughs> because the crab shoot has determined that this movie is crap. So don't do it.
1: A dream is a story I tell myself, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of saying it, I guess.
1: Well, if it's a story I tell me, how can I trick myself?
0: You think someone else is telling you these stories?
1: It has to be.
0: Someone like...
3: I control
2: your dreams. I can handle the nightmares. You haven't yet had a nightmare. What ah! are you hiding? Why are you lying?
3: We have to stop the nightmares. We have to fix our brain. Oh, wow. Bad dreams, buddy? How can you stay awake all night?
1: Mirror, I hate, no, Dennis, and I'm look. gonna break the mirror right now. No, the, hey, 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 hey hurry, uh, die. there's
2: a crime in progress. When you're sleeping at night,
1: I'm the one who whispers in your ear.
0: So our main feature for this episode is a little movie, brand new movie, called The Evil Within. It's currently available on Amazon Prime. And no, 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 it has nothing to do with that frustratingly difficult video game. No, no, no. No, no, no. This is a movie that I found deeply, deeply unsettling. It was like watching somebody else's nightmare. And honestly, the only thing that's stranger than the movie itself is the story of its making. But we'll get into that part a little bit later, so let's talk about the movie itself. So the movie centers on a young man by the name of Dennis, and we meet Dennis initially through a voiceover, and he's telling us about a nightmare that he had, in which as a little boy, his mother takes him to this otherwise abandoned amusement park, and they go on the haunted house ride, which promises to be the scariest in all the world. And when they go through it, there's nothing to it. it. It's pretty much they go through the doors. It's dark. They come out the doors. It's over. And he's thinking, what a ripoff. We should get our money back. That ride was the ripoff. And his mother looks at him and says, what makes you think the ride is over, Dennis? And that's where we are. Because Dennis's life is becoming a living, waking nightmare. And we discover that the Dennis that we met at the beginning is not the Dennis who's going to be hosting a, uh, hosting us, I suppose, for want of a better phrase, for the rest of the movie. Well, it is, but you see, it turns out that Dennis is mentally handicapped. He is fairly severely handicapped, and he lives in the care of his brother. And his he's having nightmares, very vivid, lucid nightmares, which I can totally identify with. I'm a total vi- li- uh, uh, lucid dreamer, so I, I am very well-acquainted with these things that seem very, very, very real, especially when they're bad dreams, neither here nor there. But that's not the point right now, is what I meant to say. And added into Dennis's perfect life is is this antique mirror, which his brother brings up from the basement that they didn't know they had. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. And obviously you take one look at this mirror and you say, that thing's evil. And of course it is, because he starts seeing, well, the reflection that Dennis sees of himself Let's just say, it's evil! And it tells him to do bad things, and the only way to make the nightmare stop and become normal is to do what the figure in the mirror says, and of course the figure in the mirror wants him to kill, starting with animals, and then children, and then people, and it builds, and it builds to an absolutely insane finale that almost defies description. Now, the cast here is absolutely fantastic. Frederick Kohler, who plays Dennis, is heartbreaking. I'm afraid for him. I'm afraid of him. I fear for him. I'm so worried about this character who, despite all of his idiosyncratic behavior and, 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 and what could be deemed annoying tendencies, is extremely engaging person you understand why he's doing what he's doing and you understand his fear and you understand this nightmare well as much as you can that he's living in and his brother is played by Sean Patrick Flannery, you know from the um the Boondocks the the Boondock the Boondock the Boondom the, the, the Boondock Saints is what I'm trying to say and it's very hard for me to say right now I don't know why his girlfriend is Dina Meyer who was in the Saw movies and and you get a cameo from Kim Darby now all of my old queens out there are like, oh my god, Kim Darby, where the hell has she been? I don't know, but she's here. She's here, and she I gotta say she's looking fabulous. Kim Darby, of course, did every TV, made-for-TV horror movie back in the 70s. She was in the original Are oh, You Afraid of the Dark? And and for more recent folks, she was in Better Off Dead, and she was in Halloween 6. She was the mom of that f- family that moved into the, the Myers house, unfortunately for them. And the visuals here, are stunning and terrifying and I don't want to describe too much else about them because like I've been doing I went into this cold, I'd heard this recommended on various sites, but I hadn't read anything about it, so walking into it cold was quite an experience and I was, I watched it like 2 o'clock in the morning and let me just say I did not sleep that night and I hope the same happens to you. And I know that sounds like a horrible thing to wish upon you, but I hope that you find this movie as absolutely shocking and disturbing as I did. And I mentioned the story behind it. What are you talking about, Patrick? Well, first of all, this movie took 15 years to make. Because it turns out the director, Andrew Rourke Getty, well, he was an heir to the Getty oil of fortune. And this is his one and only foray into filmmaking. And he based it on a nightmare, recurring nightmare, that he kept having. And he needed to get this poison out of him. And the only way to do it was to make a movie out of it. And he cast it. And the cast had no idea what they were working on because shit was getting written as they were filming. And the cast has changed a million times over the years. And I believe they shot for five years And then he tinkered for 10. Because it had to be absolutely perfect. And as a result, you get things that you would not get in a studio film. Because they just don't have the time. Or they don't want to risk the financial things about it. Because apparently he didn't care. Because it turns out Mr. Getty blew... His entire fortune on making this movie. Uh, other people involved in the film, uh, you know, who, who were with him in his later days, were saying that you know he was eating cereal every day in this gigantic mansion of his because he had spent every bit of money making this absolutely bonkers, gorgeous, gothic, hell pit of a movie, and unfortunately he never finished it because he died of, um, I believe, an intestinal. Some sort of gastric problem. I'm sorry, I don't have it in front of me right now. That was caused by an overdose of methamphetamines. And I said, ah, now this obsession makes even more sense because I don't, you know, I have been very open with my addiction problems here on the show. I had a crystal methamphetamine problem myself, and I know how you can get. Sure, it's a big sex drug and everything like that, but yes, when you get really focused on something, my God, nobody can peel you away from it until you've got it perfect. And that's what's happening here. You're also seeing addiction at its, unfortunately, best, because you've got a bit of a masterpiece here. And one of the things that's amazing here, I left somebody out of the cast, and that is Michael Berryman. Michael Berryman, who you know from The Hills Have Eyes. And over the years, he's become, you know, he's, he's a regular staple in horror movies now, but nothing like the, the frightening image that he was back in the day. No, 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 because everybody knows he's a big pussycat. This movie made Michael Berryman frightening again. And that is no mean feat. One of the things that will help you absorb this movie is to look at it for what it is. It is an embodiment of a nightmare. Because there are elements that you could chalk up to, you know, amateur filmmaking, first-time filmmaker, also the drug addiction. You know, there are characters that appear and don't really mean anything and then disappear. There are whole plot lines that don't mean anything. But they are all add to this overall mood of impending doom and and this carnival of complete unpredictability you really don't know what's coming down the pike especially visually because oh my god the end of this movie i said this doesn't even make any sense what's happening what's happening is impossible and for that reason it's fucking terrifying i was stunned when the final credits rolled i sat there and just like the, the credits rolled out the screen came up, like, do you want to watch something else? And I was just like, eh, I, I don't even, I can't move, I can't do anything, because I have never seen anything like The Evil Within. And I hope I'm not hyping it up too much as well, because there's lots of discussion to be had here, and I haven't heard a lot of people talking about it on other shows. So I, I don't want to gild the lily too much, but if you have Amazon Prime, do not hesitate. You know, Get, get yourself some popcorn and, and watch it alone at night, because I think that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. So that you're not sitting there chitty chatting and nitpicking, you know, no, 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 no. Like a true nightmare, you got to go through this one alone. That is my recommendation to you. And I stand by it. Also, don't do crystal meth. It's a bad thing. It's a really bad thing. Take it from someone who knows. Even if you get a great movie out of it, it killed him in the process. What else do you need to know?
2: Oh, uh, Patrick, I'm using the. Sp- speak pipe thing. I don't know. Anyways, for heaven's sakes I, I've enjoyed you since the time I found you like I don't know how many years ago. And <clears throat> I've gotten more familiar with you. Anyways, from from day one I loved what you do and that's deconstruct uh these uh Hira shoes that i love so much but you do it with intelligence and uh passion uh that that's unlike uh most of the little shoes out there anyways that's why i love you because you know what you're talking about and uh uh well it's it's it makes a difference that's all i'm saying uh Anyways, uh, so I just wanted to say, uh, what? What the hell? Happy 7th. Anyways, like, it's a huge new uh, deal. Anyway, okay, fine. Uh, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're still here. Jesus, in spite of all of the things that just seems to have been stacked up against you. uh, And that goes from... Kitty cats to, well, just about anything. Uh, Patrick, it's your spirit. It's your episode to episode strength of spirit that uh, continues to inspire me. And that's for reals. And I love you. And that's from Tappy Smelly. Take care. And many, many more anniversaries. Now.
0: I got spirit. Yes, I do. I got spirit. Fart. P. U. Can't get through an episode without a fart joke. Thank you, Toppy Smelly, for calling in and for using the new Speak pipe feature that's now available on the po- on the podcast webpage. There's a little tag on the side that says leave a voicemail. Click on that and you don't have to pick up your damn phone to call me. Or if you're on your phone it will just tap you in right to the voicemail line. Super simple. But Toppy, Toppy, thank you very much. Man, I, I just thought you'd never spit it out there. But gosh, you know, I hope you never do spit it out. Just take it all the way in. Take it all the way in. And I have had a lot stacked up against me and on top of me. And, and, and sometimes underneath me, And it's just been – well, it's all been a thing and it's been great that you're out there listening and also that you're joining me for the next episode. Yes, I'll be joined by Toppy Smelly and also by Thomas Deha, author and Fangoria alumni and also podcaster from the Better in the Dark podcast. He'll be here both of these guys will be here talking about gargoyles, the TV movie from the 1970s, which is available on YouTube if you want to watch it there and play along And, home. Toppy, I love you, and I love everybody down in Pickle Valley, and 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 thank you for calling in and using that pipe that you speak into, not that other pipe that you do for other things. With what just happened on, I don't know, I don't know. Could I make another fart joke? Now yeah, let's play another call.
3: Hi, Badger. This is Mikey. From North Carolina Um, I'm doing a quick review For uh, WTF Um, Overall I'm glad it's a video on demand Because I wouldn't pay To to watch uh, Rent this movie or watch it in the theater Um, I figured out The killer When they were um, drawing pictures In the school You know what And another key scene that locked it in was um everybody all the guys around the pool had a girl but there was one guy in the scene there was didn't have a girl so i knew something was up then uh the error um uh, they all had cell phones so pretty much why they used the gps to um find a way to the uncle's house um, another mistake a lot of them were stoners and you know all they drank when they got to the to the um uncle's house was beer i didn't see them anybody eat at all the two the couple days that they were there now you know they bought food and everything like that i never seen any of the stoners touch the food and that corny video game that didn't need to be in there they left the thing out about the uncle, you know, did they really, did, you know, was the uncle really disappeared or was he somewhere else? Oh, she she arranged it so he would be somewhere else and it wouldn't bother them. Um, overall, I would say this movie is just poop. Oh, nasty you know i mean i mean i love the killing scene what you could see of, love i love the naked and all that stuff but come on you know they could do better they should have put more the the, the investors should have put more money in there to um improve this movie and then so the way I figured, one last thing real quick. Um, so I figured the brother had killed all these people at the beginning of the movie. She was there. He got sent away. And then he later died in a hospital. And then when she saw him in the coffin, that's when she snapped after that. So overall, I don't know if they were trying to make you think that they're going to do a sequel. I hope they don't. Never, never make a sequel to this movie. Well, that's it, Mike. Mikey's review. Bye, Patrick, and happy 7th anniversary.
0: Bye. Mikey, my pet, thank you so much for calling in. I'm sorry I couldn't comment on your call while it's happening because with this shitty new headphone that I have, if I'm listening, it echoes, so I can't do the thing where I talk and, and listen at the same time, and I didn't like that, because I was laughing out loud for a lot of that, because I couldn't agree more, and while well, Mikey pretty much spoiled it, he spoiled half of it anyway, there's not two killers, there's one killer, but uh, since he already spoiled it, I knew who the killer was early on in the scene in the bathroom, and the girl freaks out in class before anything happens, and the guy... Goes in the girl's room to calm her down. And he's the only one that's being nice to her. And he's the only one who's nice at all in the whole movie. I said, you have one nice guy in the whole movie. I bet he's the killer. And I was also thinking, you know, they're probably also they're also setting it up that I'm pretty sure that this girl is doing it as well. And I'm pretty sure that now that we've been at the party and nobody has talked to this other guy, the nice guy, the whole time, that that guy's not really there. So I had it figured out too. And you're right, movie. This movie was poop with a capital poop. Not even with a capital P. It's the whole poop. The whole thing, the whole poop is capitalized. It's the capitalized poop. And yes, 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 I'm impressed that you had pretty much the whole cast naked. But you know what? When it all comes down to it, bleh. And if you see the promotional stills in the poster, they make it look like it's super gory, and it's really not. And lies, lies, lies. And oh well, we spoiled it. So now none of you have the rest. A reason to see it. I at least tried to not completely spoil it, but Mikey completely spoiled it, and so there we go, and then I finished spoiling it. There's only one killer, and one of them's faking and Whatever, I don't give a shit. Thank you, Mikey, for calling in. Thank you for the anniversary wishes. The man from North Carolina who got me rapping. That's the guy. Right there. Mikey. 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 Happy anniversary.
4: Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Oh, that was my horrible attempt at singing. It shall never happen again. Hello, Patrick, it is Jeff in California. I felt I was obligated to call you... It's not obligated, that sounds horrible. I needed to call you and wish you a happy 8th anniversary because I can't believe it's been that long that you've been putting out this show. Congrats, congrats all around. And... I can give you credit for this because it's awesome. I I, I still don't know how to handle our... our, uh... fake love child. Little Delisle, Beelzebub, Octavio... Oh, hell, I don't know what we've named them anymore. There's been so many... so many different names. But alas, what it boils down to is... You've been putting out a great show for eight years. Keep it up, man. We love it. We appreciate it. We love you. And, yeah, keep it up. You're doing awesome, Patrick.
0: Obligated. He felt obligated to call in to wish me a happy anniversary. I suppose I should be happy that he even remembered that it was my anniversary. This Lord knows he doesn't feel obligated to give me any of the child support payments for the fake baby that he put inside me in my fake uterus. And you know, Jeff, if you spent any time with our child, you would know that he prefers to be called Belinda. These days, don't ask any questions. He's just expressing who he is. And I'm not going to argue with him. Are you crazy? Have you seen him? No, seriously, have you seen him? Because I don't think you have. My fucking favorite deadbeat dad. Thank you, Jeff, for calling in. Thank you for all your support over the years of the show. Anyway, none of our baby, none of our love child. None of the flesh of our flesh and the blood of our blood and the squidge of our squads. I don't know what's happening, Jeff. Thank you for calling in. I love you so much. Well, that is it for the voicemail segment. We do have one email that I want to deal with, and that is from Roger. And Roger says, Happy Anniversary, Patrick. And I say, Thank you, Roger. He also says, I wanted to say I watched WTF. Bad, bad, bad movie. So easy to identify the killer. I didn't like one single character except Toby, and it turns out he wasn't there. And there were no scares. None at all. I did like the one line where the guy says we're all going to hell and someone else says something in response and he says you're all going to hell oh, and then he says well you're going to hell most of all or something to that effect. I laughed at that one. These characters seemed all over the place and some made seriously stupid decisions. I guess in their universe they never watched scream. Oh well, hoping for better things. Thanks for the review of Wish Upon I'm seeing in the this weekend in the theater, and since I work for them, it's free! Have a nice night! Thank you, Roger. Thank you for writing it. And see, now you have three completely independent reviews of WTF telling you to steer away from it. So listen to us, and you'll be like, <laughs> and then you'll come crying to me, but no, you've been warned not once, not twice, but three times. So you've got no excuses for wasting your time with that bullshit movie. So, um, Okay. And you might be wondering, what's he talking about? We didn't get a review of Wish Upon. No, you didn't, not unless you're a Patreon subscriber, because if you are, if you become uh, Amy Steele level or the Jamie Lee Curtis lover, you're going to get bonus reviews every month one two sometimes more and occasionally other kinds of secret fun stuff you never know what's going to be coming down on the final reel which is what we call the super secret patreon feed and if you want to become a subscriber by all means head on over to patreon.com slash scream queens and do that and get it on the potty and then you never have to worry about homo fomo anymore so if you want to be like Roger and and Toppy and and Michael and Jeff and contact the show and get your content on here by all means pick up your phone stick out your finger and put it up your asshole no well no well, you can do that but then don't 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 use that finger to dial the phone then no use another finger to dial 917-720-2047 or if you want to be like Roger you can send me an email at crew at screamqueens.com and of course as always that's Queens with a Z you can find me on Facebook by doing a search on Scream Queens or our podcast I'm on Twitter at Scream Queens I'm on instagram at no tr for you and please don't forget to take a moment sometime this month to go on over to www.podcastawards.com and nominate scream queens for the best lgbtq podcast and while you're there nominate all your other shows that you love in their appropriate categories too because that's a super super awesome thing to do so as you know coming up next time i'm going to be joined by Toppy and Thomas, and we're going to be talking about Gargoyles from 1972, and that is available on YouTube, and I think it's also on Shudder as well, so you might be able to find a better copy there, because the one on YouTube, the only one left, they have these dorky horror hosts, and it makes it really hard to watch. But you know what? We get through it. We get through it for you! And I think for the rest of the summer, I'm going to be spending it at the drive-in. What does that mean, Patrick? Well, for these solo shows, it means I'm going to be covering things that you might have seen in the drive in back in the day. So I'm going to be looking at some older stuff, maybe creaking open the nightmare closet, maybe finding some old stuff that, you know, that's on my, uh, uh, Dark obsession list, and and checking out some stuff from the past, like not my not like maybe it's like the deeper past than I normally go. Okay, some like maybe some sixty stuff or seventy stuff, some grind out stuff. I don't know. We're gonna see. If you've got a recommendation for something that would be suitable for the drive, in by all means, let me know. And I just told you how to do it, so don't make me repeat that. God damn it! So until next time, my beautiful, beautiful be. Beautiful screamers continue to make the world a creepier place, and for God's sakes, never forget the Scream Queen's golden rule fight or flight, survive the night, make it to the final reel, baby. Because you're too pretty to wind up dead before then. I got nothing. Let's end the damn show. What? What? <laughs>